morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. And man like Mo. Okay. Obviously. First things first. Happy birthday, Peter. Oh, I'm belated. No. Peter turned 52 today. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Thank you. This this is how it should be done. Not like saying happy birthday a week after the person's <laughs> birthday is come and gone. Robert was still salty about <laughs> that. Though. I wasn't salty. Fully salty. I wasn't salty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so um, so we're recording a bit earlier than we usually do. So I was sweating for a topic. <laughs> what are you going to talk about today? And then I was like, my last my last chance is Black Panther because I've been reading Black Panther. Okay, and okay. I, and I was like, God, um, I was like, God, please give me something from from Black Panther today. We're like five weeks removed as well. Oh yeah, no, yeah. not the comic. I've been, I'm reading the comic. Have you got the comic? Yes, you got it on you. Look, got a physical. Oh, cheers! Thick comic. That's still. the thick. Yeah, this one. is this this is volume issues one to eighteen plus mm. okay. some X Men in it. Okay. So in this one, this is when um, Storm and Black Panther get married. Okay. Oh. Do you know and, um, comics that thick? Yeah. Mm. I don't even read the words. Yeah. Oh, just pictures. <laughs> I just look at the pictures. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. No, but it, it was. It's been a very interesting read, and I've just got to the part where. Um, Black Panther is in Louisiana. Okay. And he's with Luke Cage. Alright. And he also met up with Blade and Brother Voodoo. <laughs> all the black guys, oh, yeah. All the black guys. All the black guys. Why yeah. is he Brother Voodoo? That's his name. He's like he's like the black version of um Doctor Strange. Okay. Yeah. Man and the call him Voodoo. Why do they have to know? be Voodoo? <laughs> At least it's not Juju. It's not right. And then so I, I was reading that story where like they're fighting vampires. And then Luke Cage said something. It was just so black. I was like, oh, only a black person could have written this. So what I want to talk about is, so um, I think with Black Panther, in recent years, it's always been written by a black author. Mm. And it got me thinking to, um, there, was, there, was, there was this interview where they were saying, if Ryan Coogler didn't want to do the next Black Panther movie, it should go to another black um, producer. Okay. And then... I was thinking, like, do you think it matters? Let's start with Black Panther. So, like, with Black Panther, do you think it, 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 it would need to be done by a black person for it to be as good? I think part of the thing with Black Panther, because I was listening to some of the interviews, was the directors went to Africa, um, and Ryan Coogler especially talked about how the um, the culture and the things that he saw were reminiscent of what he saw back in America. Like, he was talking about how they would go to someone's house and have food, and they called it, I think they called it like a ritual or something in the language. You know, just that's what they called it. Mm. And he was there, and then he was talking about, this is a cookout. This is literally what they would do. Mm. And they called it a cookout. And so he really resonated with the culture because he's got his own black culture in America, mm. knowing that they hail from Africa, going to Africa, seeing it, and he's able to tie certain things together. A white person won't be able to do that simply because they don't have those experiences. Mm. Now, a white person telling a black story, maybe. I mean, um, Black Panther was created by uh, um, by a white, white, a couple of white guys, um, and even before the actual Black Panthers, apparently three months before, so they didn't even get that name from them. So, for them to create a character that people can relate to means okay, cool, they can do something with it. However, I don't think they'd have. The thing with Black Panther that no one's really saying is it's the first authentically African superhero. And that's the unique thing about it because they go in with like mm. the accents, with mm-hmm. the clothes, with mm-hmm. even with the, like I was saying this to someone, the lab design. Um, her lab was 
purple with tribal markings and like designs and it looked all cool and funky. Spoiler alert. If you ain't seen no, the no, no, it's in the trailer. It's if in you the trailer. Seen the banner, then you're it's man. it's in the trailer anyway. The the lab is in the trailer. But like you wouldn't if it were, I imagine if it was a white person doing it, they'd make the lab white and clinical, like hmm. labs are here. A bit more like um Bruce Banner's labs. Yeah. So it it, it would I think it's important to get someone that's able mm. to tell the story mm. of an authentically African yeah. superhero. Yeah. And I don't imagine, well, maybe if the Africans, if the white person's lived in Africa or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's, then, that's the element yeah. I was about to say. So um, anthropology, yeah. where it's not just sociology, the study of another person's culture, but anthropology is actually embodying that culture yourself. Mm. Um, and so if like the person, a Caucasian person was to almost embody that culture, he'd be able to tell the story a, bit, a lot better. In terms of um, directors or uh, stuff like that, I think visually, um, yes, a white person might be able to do the same story in terms of directing, oh, the screen is, the camera needs to be here to tell a visually compelling story, blah, blah, blah. But as Peter rightly said, I think the nuances and the stuff that almost run underline it and tie it in, um, little things like um, claws suit in the casino um scene was blue and that is related to um the colors of the col- uh, colonials mm. um mm. what's it black panthers t'challa's suit was green which is the pan-african um color and so it's like the intricate detail woven into that into like Every little, as Peter was saying, every little thing is reflective of some sort of African cultural history or something like that. Um, down to literally the clothes that they're wearing, the way they respond to different things, like um, Okoye's wig during that same scene. Yeah, Just seeing, yeah. um, what's his name, the director's name again? Kugler. Ryan Kugler. Kugler. Ryan Kugler actually breaking it down and showing like the African women are proud of their bold, bold head. Yeah. And so having to wear the wig what was demeaning to her yeah, yeah. and I, watching it a second time i really i could see yeah. i could see that and she said it she's like i need to get out of this like yeah yeah and it was just like yeah i think and the liberty to make some of the jokes yeah if a white person was to like direct someone to say these jokes i would be looking at you sideways mm. but why don't because i feel like you don't necessarily have the liberty or the freedom to direct someone in doing that but if it's part of... It's, all, it's almost like a white person call, call, telling you to call someone else a nigga. We say so doing like slave movies and stuff. So, 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 so why is okay <laughs> the slave movie? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> looking at you sideways, man. He's like, I use it all the time. But, but it's like, I almost question the... the liberty that they have even within that, in, in their almost direction within that. I think as, as a black... American or black director, you're, you've almost, you know the culture or you should have had a bit more exposure to the culture and you've lived it. So it's not like you're drawing on experience, you're drawing on foreign experiences, but it's almost ingrained your, and I feel you're a bit more, you're at a bit more liberty to be able but to. But then couldn't you say that being black in America is totally different from being black in Africa? Well, that's what Ryan Coogler said is that he saw elements of it that were the same. But then, but, 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 but then couldn't a white person go there and see similar similarities between a white cookout and and, and like an African gathering. I don't, I, it, it's, it's First almost. all, whites don't do cookouts. <laughs> they have picnics and tea parties. <laughs> and Sunday roast. Um, I think the same way that 
you can go to an Asian country and learn something of their culture is different from if an Asian who's grown up here in the Asian culture, even if it is British Asian culture, goes there, things will resonate with them a lot more than it will with you. And they will pick up on certain nuances and certain things that almost brings them back to their culture and almost helps them realise the roots or where it kind of stems from and stuff like that. So I think that there'll be things that, yes, generically as human beings, you'll be able to pick up, but certain slight nuances and stuff you won't. Um, simply because of our detachment to that culture. It's it's worth noting that <laughs> it's not to say like if if for instance the Black Panther sequel went to a white director, he wouldn't be able to do a good job. That's not saying that at all. Look at the Thor Ragnarok movies done by the Russo brothers and they're epic, they're incredible. The Winter Soldier, whatever. I think the important thing to note is those nuances, those intricate details, the thing that made Black Panther five weeks on top it's all woven into the predominantly black cast the predominantly the black director the um for the culture literally embedding themselves and also bear in mind if if a white person was to embed themselves in an african culture they'll be treated differently ryan google was talking about how in when he went to i think it was uh zimbabwe or something he he intentionally wouldn't even say anything because apart from him talking you don't know that he's not from the place Mm -hmm. so he's walking around with his translators and he's observing trying not to say anything literally just so they can get a more authentic experience Mm. if a white person even in Ghana that's so so far developed a white person walking around is is just treated differently because Mm -hmm. you are a foreigner if that makes sense so I think those those nuances cannot be ignored and I think it's not um this is one area where it's not just a token to have the black person be the director. It actually contributes to the story and to the movie. So I think, yeah, it should. But obviously, you want it to go to a good director as well. So got to look out for that as well. So would you say if we like reversed it, so if it was a film with a, a predominantly white cast that a white director would be, would be better than a black director just because the white person understands white culture more than a black person. If the story revolved around that, mm. why not? If the, Bear in mind, again, like this Black Panther, it revolves around Africa. It revolves around the conflict that like African dis- descendants of uh, African slaves that have been removed from the continent, removed from the culture, that conflict that they have trying to reconnect, that's what mm. Killmonger represented, which is why, even though, shout out David, he wasn't a particularly dangerous character, um, villain, he still was a compelling character because mm. he embodied something that a lot of people, uh, are maybe not struggling with, but a lot of people recognize. Yeah, resonate, a sentiment, mm. the sentiment resonates. Because yeah. even I, like, mercy and grace. But I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, you know, there's still the artifacts from Africa still, so why go on for that? Even a, even a bit where it was like, if, like, even to me now, if a country like Wakanda existed mm. and slave trade went on and they didn't do anything about it, I'd be pissed. <laughs> you do yeah. that thing, I see that vibranium thing on your lip, I'm smacking your side. Because, like, <laughs> okay. what were you doing? How can you just sit down and watch your brothers get taken? These times you got vibranium, like, like sonic, sonic, in, mate, yeah. You know, you, like it's 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 a really unique um, uh, story, and it's one that only someone who mm. has actually experienced that, or at least thought about it, can tell. But see, my thing with that whole why didn't why didn't Wakanda help is 
they had no reason or they, they had no what as uh, no as in like you know you know now nah, before you even go there hold on hold on that, that statement is almost like kane like am i my brother's keeper yeah no 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 no. i'm saying that wakanda wasn't in any way obligated to, to, to go and help anyone else in africa they weren't obligated but it's the right thing to do Kwame Nkrumah, after um attaining independence for ghana in 1957 literally went on a rampage saying we're not truly free until everyone's free and so a lot of the resources that he had in ghana were used to liberate other countries so it was the first african country but they didn't even consider like he literally said He's not Ghana. Africa will never be truly free unless we are all truly free. So, having attained independence for Ghana, he strove to get the other countries to attain independence. Mm. Like, for to be on the to be on the continent, and someone's coming there stealing your brothers. Allow it. Can't just and you've got the you. You're right. You're right. They're not obligated. There's no contract saying you have to do anything. No, but you've got the ability to do it. Come on, man. Like, let, let me let me put this in a different situation. Yeah. You are walking. Two along. seconds. That's that's like you being in a car burning. I'm sitting in the car next to you. I have no obligation to help you. How will you feel about it if I don't? I'll be too busy being burnt to worry about you not coming to help me. <laughs> Sorry, man. Carry on. Like I was, I was like literally. You're you're walking on road. You're. Hey, who's this? Our podcast. Um, you're walking on road. You're seeing someone getting robbed by like some any little waste man. And you are fully in the position people to step in and stop that. And you just walk by. You look at him, you see you see you see his eyes saying, Help me and you just walk by. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be honest. That's your prerogative. <laughs> to be honest. I'd probably walk by and call the police a little bit further away. <laughs> like I ain't getting involved in getting stabbed. <laughs> this country is too dangerous right now. <laughs> I will call the police. <laughs> But you want him, you you want you want someone to come out of the car to your car that's burning, where there, there might be a potential explosion because there's a petrol. Yo, tank that was the point I was making tank. against Robert, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, in all honesty, I w- I would call the police, but from a safe distance, isn't it? I'm just saying, you know, this whole thing with, with Killmonger saying, oh no, he he, he could have been um, rehabilitated. That's what everyone's saying that um, T'Challa should have done more to try and and save him and stuff. But but if you think about everything that he did to Wakanda. Who Killmonger? Yeah, mm. but if you think about everything Wakanda did to him, they didn't do anything. They they, they, they killed, killed his dad, dad and left him there on his ones. Why did they kill his dad? Because it was a snitch. And no, his dad was trying to help out. Like his dad was literally trying to do what Killmonger wanted yeah. to do. So yeah. trying so, to help the so, black community. So one, the dad brought an outsider into Wakanda. He stole vibranium. He tried to kill one of the um one of the good guys. And then he got killed for that. But listen, no, but no, no. But then this was what was unique about the storytelling was, and that's what that's what. Oh gosh, spoilers. <laughs> We've gone like all the way in. But it's like a month later. If you haven't watched it by now, allow it, allow it, allow it, allow it, allow it. I think I saw two days ago someone first now went to watch it. Anyway, the dad was flawed, and and uh, Black Panther said it to the dad like, "You were wrong to leave the kid out there. You were mm-hmm. wrong to choose." You know, it's been their tradition, but it's wrong to sit by and do nothing and no, just prosper. Wrong. I don't think they were wrong. They were I wrong. Think, they were, oh, no, they were no, wrong. I don't necessarily think they were wrong to kill the dad, but I think they were wrong to leave the child there. Because remember, the, the, yeah, the dad was trying to kill someone, so, you know. Yeah. yeah and it was almost like a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Um, but, 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 but my thing is, with the Wakandans, the number one rule is look after Wakanda first. I yeah, think, but then that's not that's not no 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. but and if you take 
Is that the Christian way? No, but they're not like Christian. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing it is was based the on the God. path of God. <laughs> Baptist or something Bust. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I feel like even even if they had taken him back to Wakanda, he would he would have turned out the same way. Who back to Wakanda? Killmonger. If they had taken him back, I, I think he would have gone and tried to get revenge Be- because of of, of of the stuff that he had seen growing up. Yeah, yeah. And then to be taken back and see everything that Wakanda had in store. Yeah. I don't think he could have been re- rehabilitated. I think, but I do think that he, um, he was such a compelling character. And if you think about it, what he set out to do was kind of what they did in the end because he wanted to use Wakanda to help um, you know, black people all, all over the world. The only difference was, whereas he was like, we're going to overthrow all the governments and put black people on top. Um, black Panther is just like, we're opening ourselves up to the whole world. We're just trying to help good people to get on top, not just black people. I think the thing with him was, it was important for him, well, not important, but it was important for the directors to get that line out that says, you know, just bury me in the sea, where my ancestors who knew it was better for bondage, it was better to die, than to be in bondage. That was just it was just compelling, and that was his character. That's what he was going mm. to do. So mm. yeah, because Black Panther did offer him like we can heal you. Yeah, you know it's like yeah. Uh, I think he had to die. Oh yeah, he definitely had, he to, had die. to die. But he was too good a character. That's the problem. Is we've lost two very good characters. Claw was a ridiculous villain, and he mm. was so good at it. Oh. He was so crazy, and Killmonger <laughs> was just such yeah. a compelling character. You lost two incredible characters. In 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 the movie, that's the only thing that's bad about him dying. But then it does open it up to new characters like Doctor Doom. So like Doctor Doom and Black yeah. Panther, I've been at a few times. Oh, before I go on, I wanted to one interesting thing about Killmonger is in the comics, him and Black Panther fought. Yeah. And Killmonger beat him twice. But when he fought, Black Panther had the power of the heart shaped herb, and, and Killmonger didn't. So he oh, was really right. just that much more stronger than Black Panther. Damn. Anyone. I like the fact that like even when Black Panther fought Mbaku, <laughs> like Mbaku kind of beat him still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like the fact that, but he he's got heart and obviously he's got he's got the skill, so he was able to overcome. But I like the fact that Killmonger beat him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that was I think that I think that was a good character. By the way. Mbaku's my don. But yeah, I think that with future movies, there's so much they could do. So they've got yeah. the whole Doctor Doom, who like takes over Wakanda basically. All oh, right. He, he gets control of the vibranium. Mm. He gets the pump of God's blessing to like take take to take the vibranium. Mm. He does that, and then there's Na- Namor the Submariner. Uh, yeah, the Submariner. Yeah, yeah Submariner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a question. So like he like floods Wakanda, and now <laughs> and now Black Panther and him are beefing, <laughs> which is because <laughs> I, I was I was thinking I don't know if he's got as well. He, well, I haven't seen that notable like a role gallery for Black Panther apart from Killmonger. Like I didn't know any. Mm. any other Black Panther villains. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think there are like, any villains as such. I think it's just like yeah, people Yeah, because Doctor Doom, he's more... Fantastic well, for. He's always been fantastic for, hasn't he? And then Submariner. I actually thought Submariner was Aquaman, but that's... Uh, DC. Yeah, that's DC. And he's different. That's a different guy. Oh. But yeah. But I think Black Panther's the kind of person that you can bring in villains from other places. And mm. Yeah. Um, and with them almost trying to remain independent, isolated, it's yeah. almost like whatever threatens them, yeah. they have a conflict. And then as soon as that threat's over, they're back to the little mm. state. Yeah. Quick knowledge before we, we, we go off this quickly. Quick um, question though. Yeah. Um, is vibranium magnetic? No, it's not. No. 
So, so Magneto has Magneto no can't do nothing peak. <laughs> cool. That's why if if um, Wolverine wasn't adamantium, but vibranium, it would be a whole different situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I so, still don't see how he's such a threat to um, Magneto. Because you just, just control the way your written. skeleton. <laughs> just the way it's yeah, it's plot, plot no jutsu. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Um, same with Batman. Um, Batman shouldn't be able to be like fight alongside um, Superman, Wonder Woman. Or, Every, or everyone Batman. said like that suit, his jaw being exposed, just one slap. Just look at his jaw. That's all. <laughs> and I was watching this thing about the Flash and like, and like with him being the fastest man, yeah. and that there should be no crime in, in in like a city because he can just wipe it all out just like that. Mm. But he chooses not to because you know plot. <laughs> and then the, the only good Flash villains always seem to be ones that happen to be faster than him. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As if, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, before we go off, so talking about um, Wakanda looking after their own first before the wide, the wider world, mm. and ev- everyone having their views about whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. Um, what approach do you think the church should have? Do you think the church should look after their the, the own first and then the wider world, or do you think it's everyone inclusive at the same time? Wow. I knew that was coming, you know. <laughs> I didn't, I I didn't see that coming. I didn't as soon as they're asking the question, I, I, my, my mind went to it as well. Mm. I have paid this some thought. Um, right. So yeah, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> Working in the church is only fitting. Um, and plus, it might be like an ideal, idealised state. Um, but I feel it should be both. Um, in one and out, I, I feel like To, to truly be inward focused, you have to be outward focused. And to truly be outward focused, you have to be inward focused. So in the sense of to truly want to develop your spirituality, you have to share it. Okay. You have to share it with others. Mm. And to truly want to share spirituality with others, you need to develop your own. Mm. So it's almost like a cycle. Mm. That mm. to be outward focused, you have to be inward focused. And to be inward focused, you have to be outward focused. Mm. So it, it's in that dialogue and within the church, having that dialogue with, with the wider community is when mm. we can actually grow spiritually. Mm. So but that seems like a very chicken and egg thing. So which one comes first? Is it, do you. Ultimately, faith comes first. Your faith comes first. Mm. You can't have a dialogue with somebody else without faith. Yeah. So yeah. it has to be inward first. So it's through you praying and stuff, even have, getting the sense of direction to who to have a conversation with. Yeah, and your, your study of the word, yeah, your of development, the word, yeah. relationship with God, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I can agree with that. I think um, I, I do think there's an element of simply as being Christian, Christ came not for the well; he came for the sick, mm. he came for the lost. So you can't say you love God and hate sinners. You can't do that. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. However, there's also elements of you will be known by your love for the brethren, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and you know you can't. You can't eliminate that. You can't say oh, I'm just concerned with the lost and you know those that are saved be damned. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, there is that cycle of loving God equates or or is is expressed in mm-hmm. loving His people uh, and loving God is also expressed in loving those that don't know Him yet. Mm-hmm. I want I want to just add as well as as Peter was saying, like, it just like struck me again. Um, Jesus was always the son of God. But yet he almost, as Philippians says, like he laid aside um, everything and it kind of, not everything in terms of his sonship and stuff, but came down and gave. 
And so that that almost is the origin, that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And then there's that laying it down. There's that dying to self, denying self and serving others, esteeming mm-hmm. others high, uh, higher than yourself. Um, somewhere in the Bible, it says um, it was the spirit of God who led Jesus to um, die, for, die for us mm-hmm. and also raised him up. And if the same spirit dwells in us, then technically he should lead us to do the same thing. Mm. Um, live for others, um, knowing that God's got us. Yeah. So um, how do you think you go about bringing outsiders into the fold in the church without them corrupting those within the church? <laughs> Isn't that what we're, like, we're supposed to do all the time, though? I think it's... it's Yeah, th- yeah, that, that, yeah. That, 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 that's what we're supposed to do, but like practically... How yeah. does that look? Because obviously, you, you like bring a guy in, yeah. he will have his way with with, with, with with all the girls, and then two will get pregnant. <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, is that what you did? Yeah. The, the the funniest thing is that sometimes we don't bring any guys in, and the ones in have their way with the women, and two gets pregnant. How about that? Um, I think yeah, I like the to, pastor, <laughs> <laughs> the choir leader. Oh my gosh! Um, that was we, a shot, by the way. <laughs> There's only one Russian leader here. Bruh. Um, <laughs> we were actually having like a conversation like this um, at a wedding on last Saturday. And I think that's where those elements of the five-fold ministry come in, in, into play, where you've got the evangelists, or you've got the people that will go out and bring people in. But then whilst they are there, you've also got the pastors who are having pastoral care over people, Mm. the teachers that are um, teaching them the word and teaching them good doctrine. Mm. Um, So you do that by having, or or you do what what you were asking, by having a complete leadership Mm. and not just leadership focused on one area. Mm. Um, So that people are bringing them in, but when they're brought in, they're also being taught, they're also being uh, taken care of in the right way. Mate, it's like, sometimes there's like leadership so focused on the prophetic and so they are so good at calling out your sin in front of the whole congregation Mm. but so bad at giving you pastoral care in terms of Mm. what to do Mm. um and so yeah i feel like that that is crucial having the fivefold working in tandem to for the benefit and the the development the maturity of of the congregation Mm. i think as well one thing that we need to recognize is that they are no different from us we yeah. are them. Yeah. The only difference is the grace upon our lives that we are we are actively accepting. Um, so, apart from God's grace, mate, I would have five kids by five different girls. <laughs> and it's, it's that, apart from God's grace, like, no marriage is safe. Mm. Apart from God's grace, we can do no right. It's like, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's like literally our good works are about filthy rags before him without faith. Yep. And so it's very much like apart from God, we are no different from every single person outside of the church. And there, there is sometimes a notion of, oh, he's corrupted. He's going to come in and corrupt everyone That's in here. Yeah. But it's almost like, no, but we're corrupting him as well because we're not necessarily showing him the love of God. We're saying that this is a loving community, mm. but people have felt the most hurt within churches, mm. sometimes, some people anyways. And so they're like, no, this community isn't that edifying or isn't that good or isn't that Christian-like mm. because they, they don't propagate what they're showing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yes, it, it's, I think there's a danger in seeing those outside of the church as being the issue and not seeing ourselves as also being fallen 
and in need of God's grace to be able to develop um, yep. and to grow. So it, it's very much like, mate, we're just different different parts of the same of the same shoe. God is just mixing us all together, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, in the end, it's going to be God's shoe, and it's going to be amazing. Um, don't know. Yeah, I think that would be a nice place to round up cool. this section. Cool. Hookups. Hookups. I'll go first. Yep. My hookup for this week is Uversion, uh, which is the Bible app slash website slash computer tool. Um, and I'm highlighting Uversion uh, as well as last week's MySword because Uversion has a lot more community-based um, mm. uh, facilities. So you've got your reading plans, you've got your uh, verse images um, and all of that, but it's really good because you can also... Um, when you add notes, you can see what other people have said about oh, like cool. that uh, verse or whatever. Can you comment on their notes as well? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I'll just comment. Yeah, I'll I think just, you can. I think I'll, you just, can. I'll just write heretic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's really good for that. You can join your friends. You can follow your friends, see what they're doing. Some people just say they finished reading the Bible plan and maybe they haven't, uh, stuff like that. Um, so you can... You know, it's it's really good community-based um, uh, app uh, for reading the Bible. So that's uh, version. You guys can check it out. It's on your Apple, iPod, phone, laptop, everything. Yeah, desktop. Yeah, real good. Okay, my hookup for this week is a poetry book. Mm-hmm. It's called Firstborn right. by Sarah Aluko. Wavy girl, wavy book of poetry. Bruh. Is that her first book? Yes, it's okay. her first book. Fitting title. And it's um, it's just a book looking at being a woman and like all the stages of like woman going through all of that. Did you relate with that? Did you relate with that? Found there were a couple poems for for like guys in there as well. Oh, okay. And fam, it was deep. Yeah, it was. It was and it was. It's, it's you, a book. I'm sure you related with a woman one as well. Cycle, a couple of them, you know. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's kind of deep still. Feeling yeah. trapped and all that. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hookup for this week. Um. I've got, I've got well, a, an addition to what Peter was saying. Then I'll give my hook up. Um, I definitely recommend the ESV um, translation of the Bible. Mm. Um, it leans more towards literal translation, but it's um, it's very good. I found it very helpful, especially in terms of studying the Bible. Everyone's jumping on ESV nowadays. Mate. Been on that, mate. Um, Guy just trying to get prideful of a Bible. Bible Seriously. Yeah, um, I, I definitely recommend ESV for those who are considering, like, everyone should be considering studying the Bible. Mm. But yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely recommend ESV for that. Um, but it's always good when studying the Bible to have multiple different translations you yeah. can almost compare and contrast different meanings um so yeah some good ones esv for studying with esv message and new king james um message is like a very liberal translation so you get the nuances esv is more literal so you you get like the word and i find new king james is more like devotional um so it's, there's like a good balance between the two but my um hookup for the week is an app as well. Um, Evernote. Oi. Evernote. Evernote. Um, I have to say, I have to admit, Peter's the one that put me onto Evernote. Um, so I appreciate it. And pro, pro, 
the pride, the pride came out. But yeah, like Evernote has been a staple app on my phone for like the past five years, give or take. Mm. Um, ever since I got a smartphone, Evernote has been on it. Um, so yeah, like literally all of my poems are, are on it. We first started the uh, podcast notes on Evernote. Literally, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, like Evernote, it's, it's like a note-taking app. Yeah. So you could get to save notes. Um, you can share them between devices as well. I think now they've made a they've made it a premium feature to have multiple devices that yeah. share the same account. But yeah, it's 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 uber dope. Yeah, and so I yeah. can only have two. Can only have two installations of Evernote yeah. under a given account unless mm-hmm. you pay for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Before it was just unlimited. Yeah, but I think they've they recognized their flaws. They can make some money. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Okay. Into the next section, which was going to be my first section, but I <laughs> don't know what happened. <laughs> so, um, going back to this whole thing about um, whether a white director can do a black a movie. Da, 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 da. Right. Do you think... So, I think we all know that um, Christian media has the has the um, has, has been known to be quite bad at times. <laughs> mm. And just all right. <laughs> um in his better days. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question I want to ask, do you think that non-Christians could make better Christian films than Christians could? And I say this because do you, do you, do you, feel, do you feel like being Christian, we always try and make it come to a happy ending even if it doesn't make sense? Mm. I, I don't think we try and come to a happy, happy well, I, well, okay, yeah. But <laughs> I think I think that's because the Bible doesn't have a happy ending with everything. Yes, like, it does. Revelation. Well, happy for the Christians, for some. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't think that was a happy ending. I feel it for some, not for everyone. Um, but like, you you look at like even Jesus's story, like at least for the 33, 33 years he was on Earth, mm. didn't end. Nicely, yeah, get 70. Yeah, you know, you know the, anyway, but like, I think, and I, I have to preface this with saying I haven't watched many Christian movies, why? Um, or recently because they're not they're available. Not, oh, I they're they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the difference is, um, I don't think as much effort goes into the artistic aspect of things. Or the creative aspect of things. Uh, sometimes it's a very weak premise or it's a very weak plot, and everything's built around one thing that they want to get across, and it's just like, eh. and it's not as it's just not as involved as some of these other, and even with the other ones, some of them are Christian as well. Some some of the directors are Christian, mm. just not making Christian movies per se. Um, so I think some of them have been good. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, rambling. Um, do you know I, I struggle I struggle with that as well. Um like to me they started reading so she was part of this women's um, book club, the Christian book club, and then they recommended a book and I think they went to read it within a month or within two weeks or something. Jamelia is normally a prolific reader. She picks up a book and it doesn't go down until it's done and that's literally within like a week. A few chapters into this book she dashed it. <laughs> like literally a few chapters in what book was it I'm not gonna say it <laughs> okay tell me then I'll say it 
that defeats the purpose. I'm not, I'm not saying it, but it was like um, going through it. She was like, the plot is just full of holes. The it, it's just so geared towards just Christian dialogue, Christian this, and it's like it it's so um, blatant that it's they're just weaving it towards a happy ending. Mm. Um, that it was a bit, it was a bit like mm. so yeah, it was a bit loose. Um, some of the Christian films as well. If you're not a Christian, you'd be looking at it like this. What is this? Mm. Um, so I think in response to your question as to whether non-Christians can make better Christian films, my answer would be yes and no. Artistically, I'll say yes, but in consistency to the Christian message and also um, what I'll add is... Um, so fundamentally, I believe that artistic ability is not the only determining factor of Christian ministry but it's also God's hand upon you, God's mm. spirit working through you. So, quote-unquote, the anointing to do that. That is something that I don't necessarily believe that non-Christians will have to convey the message that mm. Mm. God might want to convey through that film. Artistically, they might be able to do it. So, uh, rule of thirds, like composition, cinematography, yeah, they might yeah, be able to yeah. do that, but the anointing might be different. Yeah, so, yeah. there's a sense of... Um, even worship leaders might be vocally great but have yeah. no anointing to lead people into worship. Oh, we've seen that. And yeah. so worship then is just hollow. Um, worship even though is it hollow. sounds... Even though it banging. sounds beautiful, worship is hollow and people are just singing a good song. Mm. But then you might have someone who isn't as vocally great. Just dragging up my ute, you know? <laughs> Leia, if any guy drags you like that, just let me know, I'll kick them in the face. So, so Robert, this is your first warning, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's been worship leaders who aren't vocally that that great, mm. but they have the anointing of God, and yeah. they're so enraptured with God that they sing, and even though like notes are off, blah blah blah, people are just engaged in worship, mm. and they're looking beyond that, and so I feel like there's definitely an element for that, or there should be an element of that. Um, within. Let me have it. Where, where, please. What happened to please? Okay, not right now. Um, so I feel like there should always be room for that, room for calling, room for anointing, room for like God being you being led to it. It's like even Moses. He was saying, "I stutter. I'm not the best of speakers. Blah. I'm not eloquent. This and that. How can I deliver people?" Mm. But yeah. Moses is not a film like it's, it's but it's God taking a feeble and a weak things of the world to confound the wise so I think there's still an element within that even within art but it doesn't necessarily mean that we should just make poor art of poor quality um, yeah so do you think it will be wrong for like a church to get like a non-Christian to to, to, to to like write a play and then inject whatever more they think it, it needs into it I would argue I would argue Leia, 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 Leia you need to relax a little bit okay I would argue that they should write the play first and then have a non-Christian critique it to see how they can improve it um, where the plot holes are um, what can be done blah 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 and then they rewrite it prayerfully rather than handing it over um, one it helps them develop it helps develop their practice. Two, it, it tightens, tightens up the script. Um, I, I do feel you can learn because the Bible does have um, influence from outside of the Jewish culture. 
so you can take influence from outside of Christian culture as well. Mm, not not to <laughs> to the as, to the point of like just accepting any pagan stuff, but just yeah, wisely I, and spiritually. I, I even think um, because God used like uh, King Cyrus, I think, who was I think it's Cyrus, who wasn't Christian. Who wasn't one of God's people, wasn't Israelite, he was a pagan king, and yet God used him. And how Isaiah wrote a letter to him specifically that he would release the Israelites to go in and rebuild the temple, and he did that. He released them, he financed it during the time of Nehemiah. So, using non Christians uh, or you know, like people who don't believe. I have this precedent for that in, in the Bible, or God using non believers to achieve his goal. Um, however, I think the 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 difference comes in as as uh, Mo was saying and as you were saying. Uh, no, I think as Mo said because you don't say anything good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, sorry. The shot, <laughs> unnecessary shot. Um, the difference comes in the anointing, and I think it's possible to call someone in. You give them a story to write a play about it, and the anointing's on the story in and of itself. So they're mm. just bringing a technical framework to it or, or mm. bringing a technical know-how to how to deliver that story and yet the story in and of itself has that anointing on it so maybe you don't have the skill to do it yeah and god's brought you someone who has yeah. the skill to do it oh. yeah i just thinking wider on a production team wise as well arguably not everyone in the production team is going to be christian um so from like camera operator to cinematographer to editor mm. to like just the wider team production team um arguably not everyone's going to be christian and i don't think that dampens god's intentions or god's purposes with it um so yeah in agreement to what peter was saying the other thing is it almost betrays how somewhat shallow some churches are because they'll be more than willing to invite outsiders christian or not they don't really ask about your religious uh, affiliations to come and play drums or to come and play guitar yeah. um so that this church service seems live so that people give more collection but they don't invest the same amount of uh resources into say developing the kids when they want to do a play for mm. youth day or something then it's just yeah you guys go and do what you want and then bring it we'll clap for you regardless anyway so it kind of almost shows how shallow some of these things are because they're willing to invest or bring in non-christian talent mm. for things that they the think are important like music and, and stuff like that but then investing in the kids and you know those that are writing the plays for youth day or those that are writing poems they're not bringing in the same level of talent mm. come and help our kids write a good play and put on a good performance um, and that's even investing in them but that rarely brings in collection so. Do you think you can tell the difference between a? How can I put this? Do you think you could tell the difference between a, a worship song that is written by someone who is in line with God's will and the one written by someone who's like living in sin? <laughs> and no. the written. I can't. <laughs> no, so yes, sir. I don't want to say too much. <laughs> 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 I wonder. I wonder if this is going to be another chop, <laughs> another edit. <laughs> This the song, everything a double double. Yes, I despise that the number song. of times. Like every time someone say, I just whisper tribulation. <laughs> what they gonna say? <laughs> Not double double. No, you don't want that one. So it's like I think there's like a lot of a lot of songs. Like for me, it's 
I, I, I wouldn't say I can tell the difference if it's written or not, but you can tell from the objective of the song mm. or you can tell from the message of the song. If the song is just like about my benefit or God's blessed me because I've got this car, God blessed me because I've got my house, it's like, okay, praise God. But I don't see the Psalms that elevate or that um, that that look at the glory of God in in who he is, you know, and, and recognize him as creator, controller. Yes, David also would thank him for deliverance. He thank him for blessings. He thank mm. him for life. But, wonderfully made and stuff. you know, there, there's elements of it that are just yes, like, yeah. God, you are incredible. Yeah. And then there's worship songs nowadays that it's almost like, well, how much of this is just you riffing and me hearing that you've got a good voice mm. and how much of it is actually about God? Do you know what? I think, I think like Peter's heart just came out there. Um, because I think that I think ultimately some Christians wrote those songs. Ah, there you go. Um for selfish means, I have to add. Um, but Christians wrote those songs. Um But doesn't necessarily have to have to be out of selfishness, couldn't have that they just have been in, in that moment where maybe God had, had blessed them and so they decided decided to write a song about it. But again, it's just like, it's just focusing on God's hand rather than his heart. It's just focusing on what you can get from God. And normally when people um, are singing that, that that song specifically, like, um, I like the first part. Um, I like the first part of it, but as soon as it gets to double the budget, you switch off. Um, what is the first part? I don't I think I've heard it before. Um, <laughs> I've totally forgotten. Um, I've heard it before. I've totally forgotten it because I, like, I do like the first part but as soon mm. as it gets everything on like Double Double I'm just like yeah um, and it, it's because it's of that it's like Bible almost guarantees every Christian that wants to live a godly life persecution because mm. some Christians right now don't want to live godly lives um, shots but um, <laughs> I think discerning the person who wrote it I struggle with mm. Um, cause some songs that aren't quote unquote Christian, I still feel God talking to me through. So I don't necessarily feel as though whether the song is intrinsically Christian. Like this, this is where the providence of God kind of comes into, into play where God can take anything. Um, mm. if, as Jesus said, if, if you, we don't praise him, he will raise the rocks to praise him. Like God can take anything and turn it for his, for his praise and for his glory. Um, not saying that we should just do anything but um, I think for me where the crucial difference comes in is if the person who is currently engaging with the song is doing so from a p position of worship or just from a position of singing mm. so I can gen generally, generally tell if the person in front of me is worshipping or not because it's like I, yeah I can just discern this person is not worshipping mm. Or rah, this person is actually engaged in worship, and it's not just how it phonically sounds or whatever, but it's sonically whatever how it sounds. But it's more so there's that sense of engagement with God. There's that discernment of this this person is truly engaging with God, which then draws the whole congregation into it. Or this person is just singing well, and the congregation are singing well. There are a few people worshiping, but for the most part, people are just singing well. Mm. So that I'm able to discern a bit more rather than if the song was um, written by a Christian or not. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's 
So that's round up. You um, as a worship leader, just real quick. Oh. Like, <laughs> do you <laughs> do you find there are songs that you? If so, what? <laughs> do you find there are songs that maybe you find easier to get into worship with, or do you find it just depends on what you can play better or what um, sounds better? I think that. Um, I know I can tell the songs that I know will get a reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. So and does that become more of a focus? Not for you in in general. Not not attacking you, but do you think that becomes more of a focus, like getting the right reaction from people, as opposed to no. Worship? For me, it's more trying to get worship to align what I know the the, the message is going to be about. Okay, if that makes sense. Right, so, right. so 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 that from the beginning of the service to the end, there's just like an ongoing theme, kind of, mm-hmm. just so it gets people in the right mindset for what's being talked about. Right. And um Do you think that's right? <laughs> yes. Why? Because um like I said, it, it just helps focus them and, and then gets to get gets them ready for what's going to be talked about in the message. I've heard I've heard someone say um there's a psychological element to the music that accompanies the message to almost push the person or open up the person into that realm where, where the pastor's about to talk on and people are just like, oh, yeah, that was a dope message. No, it's almost because the music has almost in tuned you into something psychologically rather than spiritually. If that makes sense. So that makes, like, yeah, that makes sense. Even in terms of offering, they're like, oh, they play certain music to get people hyped, to mm. go put the, go mm. put money down. Mm. And it's more of a psychological... Um, manipulation rather than a spiritual mm-hmm. urging to go give mm-hmm. I, I think like with me there, there have been times when um, we like pick pick the song list but then what has been spoken about in the message mm-hmm. the, the, the song that we picked doesn't really connect mm-hmm. with what's, what's, what's spoken about so we've changed the song as the as the sermon's been, been spoken mm. just so that when they're going through that time of like reflection mm. the reflection is Linked to what they've just heard, mm. if, if, if that makes sense. Mm. That way, it's just like a like a continuation kind mm. of thing. I remember my friend telling me a story about when he was at this like conference, mm. and um, they were, um, I think it was a time like a quiet time after mm. the sermon, but then a song that was coming afterwards was like one upbeat happy song, mm. and that just wasn't the mood of mm. of, of what the sermon had, had mm-hmm. just done. Mm. So I think there are times where it's good to to try and just like have a theme. Yeah, throughout the day, just so because for 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 like a lot of people, this will be the only time they they they, they like look at anything Bible related in their week. Yeah. So if you can if you can help in getting that theme put in, in their head, yeah, then okay. I think it will, yeah it, it does more mm. good than harm. In the like, I'm, it's I'm looking at it from positions of like so gems when leading worship, she will normally spend time in prayer and then be like God lead me to the right songs and then through that she kind of feel um, songs have almost been dropped to her you know like she starts songs start to resonate and then she kind of writes them down and then she goes through it like that so it's like there's absolutely no idea of the theme or anything that's almost happening um, not necessarily saying that's the only way or that's the right way or whatever um, but I do understand as well there's there's, a, um, there's almost some wisdom in praying around a the theme and then saying alright cool God what songs are you almost saying within this theme but again it's almost like put in a box you can only work within mm. this 
if you step out, God, come back, come, come back in, into your box, yeah. This, but yeah, I'm so I'm just like, because in in the churches that I've been exposed to now, worship is very much along the lines of what what do the people know in terms of the key, blah blah blah. Um, we've got a pool of like Hillsong songs, or we need one of the quiet ones. We need one of this. We need one of that, and that's almost a thought that goes into it, rather than waiting on God to to almost give a song. Mm. There was a message from John Piper one time and he walked on and he was like he was talking about the pastoral team and the worship team not really having any communication so they go praying whatever and come with the songs and then they come with the message and he was saying like yeah we that song was so in line with what I thought God has put on my heart to talk about today and it almost shows the unity of the spirit at work um, and that, that for me is really emphasised when God is almost the driving force of both the word and the worship. Yeah. But the danger with that, I think, is that there'll be times when people aren't in tune mm-hmm. with, with like either God or each other. Mm-hmm. So then what the worship team might think would be a good idea might necessarily be what the, Definitely. the Definitely. pastoral team yeah. thinks is a good idea. But um, yeah, I think that's a rabbit hole we can yeah. delve into yeah. another time. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening guys um, what we talked about today so we talked about how do you feel about white directors with black films and vice versa do you think a white person can make a, a good slave film relax <laughs> <laughs> <of> that <laughs> they do have the experience on <laughs> I was about to say do you think a black person can make a good film about um, being a slave owner what their roots oh bit what I think they could being a slave owner because I think it will be it will be very tainted. I think it will have almost depends. Anyways, if unless he's like an Uncle Tom token, but it might have the <laughs> <laughs> it might have the bitterness. It might have it might Is it you, porch monkey. Or <laughs> like that. You might you might sense the bitterness or the resentment within the direction and the narrative, mm. depending on how how it comes off. But yeah, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. Um, yep. Shout out to Rude for the intro and outro music. Calvin yep. Turner for ordinary amazing logo. Yep. The Twitter is at the Furnace UK. You can email us at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. Find us at SoundCloud, SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith's Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcast websites, the Blacksmith's Furnace, with an apostrophe. I think that's everything. Yep. Oh, yeah. Peter's got a video out, by the way. I know. Chase. Yeah. What's it called again? Well Walk, dressed walking yeah, dead. There we go. Yeah. Say it again. Well dressed walking dead. You don't know. It, and you, and you use the drone and everything, which is oh, which is it, which yeah. is illegal <laughs> <laughs> without a license. So, you know. I'm guessing he does have a license. Uh, didn't ask. <laughs> this podcast just got awkward. <laughs> right. Well, any other shout outs? Um, the usual H music, uh, Vimeo. Um, you can check out Jay's channel, Jelade, Jelade Lusanya. Um, uh, yeah. Well, next week will be a good one. We're gonna have all the mandem. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> it should be peak. Yes. Cool. 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 Then I guess this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. Okay. <laughs>